Welcome to Luxury On Air, where we explore the trends, innovations, and personalities defining and redefining the luxury industry. Welcome to Luxury On Air. My name is Karen Segedi, and I'm delighted to host you for this new episode of Luxury On Air. I'm pleased to have Daniela Ott, General Secretary of Aura Blockchain Consortium today, for our discussion on how blockchain has earned its relevance in the luxury industry and beyond. Thank you for joining us, Daniela. Thank you so much for having me, Karin. Thank you. So maybe before we dive into our topic for today, Daniela, could you introduce yourself and tell us about how your passion for technology and luxury began? Sure. Um, the analytics part and the and the luxury part or the creativity has been really all my life part together. Um, so I did London School of Economics and Central St. Martins at the same time. And this was a little like the fil rouge, which has gone through my whole um, professional life. Um, so then I was uh, 15 years at Caring and I was the CEO of the luxury division there. And I wanted to finalize my PhD and really coming out of the PhD, um, the need for sustainability in general, but in particular in luxury to really lead the field came out. And I think the best is really to empower sustainability with tech and hence a strong interest now, now for technology and sustainability. And uh, Aura brings that really both very well together. So it's your dream job you're in currently. Uh, you know, I think it's one of them and I think it's evolving, but definitely the key part, I think the key aspects of what I find fascinating is really to use technology to empower sustainability, but also luxury. And that has to be part of any industry, but certainly of the luxury industry going forward, because especially during my PhD, what, what came out that luxury has really this leading role and whatever happens, if I may say, at the top of a pyramid in such a an industry, which is so, so much defining also culture, that really trickles down also into other industries. Therefore, I think it's really important to, to really um, embed um, technology and sustainability powered by technology into the luxury industry because that really trickles down in, I think, many other industries as well. Daniela, let's quickly talk about how the Aura story started. Aura Blockchain Consortium launched in April 2021, so it's quite a young uh, still organization as a single global blockchain solution open to all luxury brands worldwide. What was the purpose of launching this consortium and what was the aim? Yeah, thank you, Karin. Great question. It's really, um, so it's uh, it's what, it's 16 months now. And um, the purpose of our blockchain consortium is really to make blockchain easy, easy accessible for any luxury brand. That's the mission behind it. The project started already quite a few years ago took actually quite some time to get on the one side the technology aspects together, but on the other side also the consortium itself, the legal structure, because Aura Consortium is a non-profit. Um, so it's a membership uh, for luxury brands where they join as members and the solution itself is owned by its members. Um, but then, you know, you have really competitors coming together, if I may say, for the greater good. So from a legal perspective, you, you need really to, to have these competitors working together in a, in a safe legal environment as well. So really the vision was and the purpose is to make blockchain easy. Um, so the Aura Blockchain Consortium, the founding members are LVMH, Prada Group, uh, Cartier Part of Richemont, the OTB Group, 
and Mercedes-Benz. So OTB Group is, um, OTB stands for Only We're Brave. It's the Italian fashion group, which owns Chilzanda, Marni, um, Margiela, Diesel, and a few other brands. And what I thought was um, really interesting and, and also why I joined our this aspect of the founding members created our consortium really out of this vision that collaboration can coexist amongst competitors for the greater good. And the greater good here is really putting the consumer at the center, giving the consumer much more power and also protecting the planet. So for me, these are really the two things why the consortium come together and really also what the whole Aura team strives to, if I may say, what we get up to every morning, like seriously. Um, and um, and it's basically whatever blockchain aspects, if that's the part of traceability where we will be speaking about, or if it's now digital collectibles, or you know we will see what, what comes up next year or the metaverse, it's really making any blockchain related part easy for luxury brands. Very interesting and, and 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 very diverse founding members, as you mentioned. Usually, it's it's quite unusual huh, to see in the luxury industry competitors working together. Uh, was it difficult to to have this consortium set up with all these uh, different luxury houses? You know, it's such a good question because um, first of all, these are competitors and they compete in anything else, um, and it's also different cultures of these groups. But I have to say, it's so amazing to see um, how literally, um, you know, um, our team, we have calls with, with all founding members together literally every day on different topics, how they come together and how everybody brings their point of view. Um, but again, coming back to the vision, and that's so important um, when we speak about sustainability, that really that was really part of a vision already four years ago and how to make a V or the most sustainable blockchain solution. But really, um, from the outset, it was clear that this is for any luxury brand within the whole luxury fair, but also for any subcategory. And uh, Karin, you, you mentioned that at the beginning, also quite diverse. It's, um, it, it's written in our statutes um, from the categories which are part of that. It's starting from jewelry, watches, fashion, accessories, cosmetics, wines and spirits, art, uh, but this includes also luxury furniture, luxury instruments, cars. We have use cases for luxury hotels. Um, so it's really going very large within the luxury sector, any subsector. And I think this gives quite a bit of diversity and also learnings. So I, I find that aspect really interesting also when we bring together, for instance, certain members, um, when they have a certain question how are we going to tag this product? Uh, how are we going to recognize it? And, and so it's interesting that um, we can bring together these different subsectors of luxury. Very interesting. I think there were a lot of elements maybe that I would like to maybe take step by step for our audience uh, to understand. So maybe just completely back to basics. What is the customer journey in, in the, use, the use of the blockchain technology? Um, how do they access the blockchain authentication? Is it via an app on the phone um if they want to um i mean buy a luxury watch or a luxury handbag how does it fit in into the the aura blockchain sure good question um so first of all just stepping back what we realized for all our member brands and the ones to we are speaking right now is really we need this sort of flexibility so we are agnostic so really um depending on the product Whatever the brand decides is the right way. Is it a QR code? Is it an NFC chip? Is it an RFID tag, et cetera? 
we are agnostic to what anchor or what technology the brand wants to use. We can give recommendations. And again, as I mentioned, sort of learnings, this has worked well on this product category, you know, for AI image recognition, we have a great partner we can recommend, especially for watches. So we do share that learning. So let me give you an example for a watch, which is actually quite similar, for instance, also for a handbag. So the, the client enters the boutique and uh, he or she chooses the watch. What's happening next? The client advisor authenticates the watch by using an app on the phone of the client advisor, for instance, in the boutique. Then um, from the digital to physical link is enabled by basically a technical partner. And as I mentioned, this link or this sort of chip or anchor we are agnostic and we can give recommendations. So for instance, um, for a handbag, it might be an NFC chip. For a watch, we are using AI image recognition. For a precious carpet, we are using actually also an NFC chip. So it's really, it's depending on what's best for the product. Then after scanning actually the watch with the camera on the phone, the client advisor is redirecting or is basically uploading the digital certificate of authenticity of this particular watch. Okay, so the digital certificate can either be a custom brand landing page or it can be the Aura product page. So again, we need to provide and we want to provide this flexibility um, to our member brands. It's really up to them. Um, is it in the app? Is it a landing page? Is it their own total white label build? Uh, do you want to customize the Aura product page we have available? So this is really up to the brand. The Aura product page, which we have developed, is really sort of giving this sort of white label so the brand can accelerate quicker and they don't need to spend, if I may say, the time and money to invest in their own website or applications. So then this really depends on also how advanced the brand is. They could offer additional services such as transfer of ownership, e-warranty and so on, in addition to the digital certificate. So once the watch is authenticated, the client advisor can activate the transfer of ownership Again, yep. for instance, through the app or through a landing page. And then the transfer of ownership basically happens from the brand to the client. And the client can claim the ownership of this product either in the boutique or at home. So in the case of a retailer, um, basically the goods are shipped from the brand to the retailer and the ownership is transferred from the retailer once the watch is sold to the client. In case it's um, it's wholesale, and you know, in watches, it is actually often wholesale. In that case, um, it's transferred to the third party, and then from the third party uh, wholesaler to the client. Okay, I think that clarifies for our audience what really the journey is. And it's, I mean, again, you say you're completely agnostic on the physical anchor, because the physical anchor is one of the important parts as well. Of, of the blockchain. In fact, the blockchain is secure. The blockchain is is, is there forever. But if you cannot link uh, the luxury item with the blockchain, there is something missing in the in the whole um, value chain. Huh? Yeah, so it's QR codes, um, NFC chips, RFID tags. And for instance, for watches, we have a partner with whom we work a lot, which is um, AI image recognition. So the watch is a specific machine of that particular partner. The photograph is actually being taken. Okay. In order not for the watch to have anything, any other object in the watch, because it's a, it's such a, a such small technical jewelry. Correct. And it's yeah. the same actually for jewelry. Maybe another question. I mean, Aura Blockchain has now been here since April 21. I mean, you, you told us that you've been um, discussing of obviously years before. 
there is other players uh, in the industry uh, that are entering the space. How do you distinguish yourself of being the actor? Do you believe that it will, I mean, you will crystallize in the in the coming years as only it will be only one blockchain solution, or will there are several several players? Does the the customer need to have several apps on their phone? It's a bit of a test and try yet, or is it already confirming itself as being the solution? You know, I, I think this goes again back to the founding members' vision, which I think was really extraordinary quite a few years ago to make Aura um, a non-profit and to really make it, if I may say, you know, this is what we are working on, the best technological solution, the safest, but at the same time, I think also um, the best deal or the most economical solution. By the sheer fact of being a non-profit, we obviously have to make sufficient profit to cover our costs and to cover our investments, for instance, into these new technologies such as AI image recognition. But it's... it's um, the outset and the vision from the founding members was really to create this as a non-profit, not to make this part of a solution of one luxury brand or so, but to really um, come together and make this the standard for all luxury brands. And this is actually the reason why it's also a non-profit. The other aspect, when I say it's um, the most secure solution and really owned by the member brands, it's because Aura can never be sold. So the member brands do not have to be worried, okay, what's happening with my data? What's happening with my solution? If Aura is being sold, for instance, to a different company. So I think that the three points I always say, it's the most secure solution from a technological standpoint. You know, we have our own private permission-based blockchain, but also most secure from a technological enterprise grade, obviously, but also from what will happen to Aura in five years. Obviously, the Aura Consortium, this is why we have these founding members, they mirror the longevity of our founding members. And as long as, if I may say, um, the founding members are around, Aura is around because they basically secure the advancement, obviously, of Aura. So in terms of security, on the one part, point one, security is really from a technological aspect and really enterprise-grade state-of-the-art, but also what's happening with Aura in a few years. The second part, I think it's the most sustainable solution. And again, this sustainability having a private permission-based blockchain, you know, we know where our handful of nodes are. We know what energy is being used. And we specifically selected a partner which can guarantee us that we are carbon neutral in a couple of years. And by definition, a consortium, a private permission-based consortium blockchain is very, in, in terms of energy consumption, very sustainable. And we don't use more than a, than a normal CRM system for basically a small brand. And we monitor that, you know, we have a dashboard. So all of that was built into the vision when actually the private permission-based blockchain was conceived. So that was really part of the, the sustainability aspect was really part already a few years ago about the vision. And we and will I come think, back, I think, to the sustainability aspect yeah, later. Yeah, mm. Yeah. no, absolutely. Um, and again, I say how visionary to have thought of that a few years ago. And then the third point, so one is really the security. The second part is the sustainability of it. And the third point is about the shared learning. It's really from luxury brands for luxury brands. Um, and Karin, I say, we don't have all the answers to all the questions, but I can reassure you um with all the founding members and uh, and the brands we have around the table, it's over 30 brands now who have signed up um, to our membership and to our licenses. They ask us all the good questions. And uh, in, in that sense, really, the, the shared learning is, I think, immense. So it allows also 
new member grants, I think, to move much faster. So it's really about one security. Second point is about sustainability. And the third part is really this um, shared learning, which I think allows everybody to move faster. And if I may add maybe one more aspect, given that we are a nonprofit, I always say that especially for, you know, the whole NFT craziness, which has been coming up, uh, or the metaverse craziness, which is coming, we are not here for the money, which sounds kind of strange, but, you know, we are a nonprofit and you do, and I've never managed a nonprofit before. So I was always in for-profit companies. And this is really putting your measure of success and your KPIs to different matters than, for instance, for a for-profit company. So we really put um, uh, the longevity of the brand objectives before. So I, I think this is also an aspect which I'm which I'm realizing does make a difference also in terms of how we approach even the flexibility and the the wide technological solutions we offer. Wow, that's that was a, there, we have a lot of elements in your answer, and let's let's unpack this a bit. Uh, my first comment: shared learning. Uh, just coming out of an IND training with uh, very senior executives, you learn as much from your professors than you learn from your peers, <laughs> from all their questions, interrogations, and. Um, Addition. So I, I couldn't agree more. Several questions, maybe on the security part, Daniela, you mentioned it's a more secure blockchain. First of all, do you think that in like five to 10 years, most of the luxury items will be sold together with a, a blockchain tracking and tracing? Karina, I love that question. And I always pack out my crystal ball here, which is as good as yours and, and everybody else's. But the quick answer to that is um, I profoundly believe and I confirm, I think every product, every product, will have a digital twin and certainly every luxury product. And now if we unpack that, um, what does it mean luxury product? When you look at it today, I think except of a very few luxury brands, I would say for 99.99% of the luxury brands today, and again, think about the whole spectrum of uh, luxury subcategories I mentioned before, 100% of their revenue comes from physical new product. Over the next two to 10 years, I think this will go down. And again, depending on also how traditional the company or the sub product category is, this 100% revenue from new physical product will go down to say 70 or 80% will come from new physical revenue, which has a digital twin, hopefully in our digital twin. So let's say these 80% of your revenues of a luxury brand will come from physical new product with a digital twin. Then the remainder of these 20%, I think let's assume will be split between 10%, what I call circular revenue. And for the circular revenue, if that's rental, if it's repair, if it's resale, these 10% are made much more efficient for the consumer, but also for the brand, if you have a digital twin, and if you have a certificate of authenticity, because this, you know, What's tough about, I mean, there are many things which are still tough in the resale and rental and so on, but one of the aspects is to know if this product is authentic or not. And having all the product information, when was this handbag made? What's the name of this handbag? I mean, you can make this so much more convenient for the consumer and for the brand. And when you make it more convenient, you make also the business case for resale, rental and repair much easier and much more interesting for the consumer, but also for the brand. So what I say, 10% of the revenue of a luxury brand will be coming from circular revenue. And then the remainder 10%, we forecast, say, split half-half, 5% from, say, NFTs, 
and 5% from gaming-related aspects. Yeah, and we had another episode about the metaverse, which is, of course, very hot in the luxury industry. Sure. What I wanted to uh, maybe uh, discuss a bit more is, uh, well, we spoke about tracking and tracing the product. Where has it been produced? Um, authenticity. Are you tracking only, I mean, let's say the supply chain elements and, uh, and, and provenance of the product? Or are you tracking as well the owner of the product and the subsequent owners if we speak about um, resale of the good? So, I, again, I think we are at the beginning of this journey. So, you know, Aura provides, we have two business units. So, we have obviously business unit one, which is on our private permission-based blockchain. There's a reason it's private permission-based, because it's up to the brand to give access to the client, what they deem is right to give access to the client. So actually having this private permission-based blockchain, it's the brand deciding what information they're going to give to the client. So for instance, um, when the product was made, where it was made, how it was made, but at the same time, they will give access to when it was bought in the store, but obviously they not give access to when the ownership is transferred, not mention the name of the person who bought it afterwards, for instance. So here again, having a private permission-based blockchain supports you on that. Um, this is business unit one, which is really upstream, downstream, and it's all about traceability, transfer of ownership. We have a second business unit, which is all about NFTs, and this is on the public blockchain. And here, obviously, it's different because it is on the public blockchain. So, you know, when you buy an, when you buy an NFT and, you know, when you sell it on OpenSea, obviously, the information is much more publicly available. So these are two different aspects, whether you're on a private permission-based blockchain, where really the brand calls the shots, or if you are, on, for instance, with an NFT on the public blockchain, you know, like a digital collectible. You said that you believe that most of the luxury items will be uh, have a digital twin in the future. How do you deal with a lot of people that are, uh, were first of all, maybe a bit more skeptical for the technology and those who are want to keep their own data protected? How do you tackle these, these matters? No, I think it's always up to the brand and to the consumer where to start. I think not having a blockchain or Web3 strategy is just not an option anymore. And again, I think I come back to the non-for-profit point. We really provide this wide flexibility to our brands where they can start. And I always say dream big and pilot small. So coming back to your question, you have to be respectful of a what the brand really needs and how the brand can start and where the brand wants to start and what makes sense for this particular brand in their storytelling and in their brand. But also the second thing of the consumer. You know, there are certain consumers and of course, especially younger ones, they value their digital identity and their digital goods more than their physical goods. And I think you have to be respectful for that and provide that access to them and, and not to be judgeful. So I think it really depends where the consumer wants to start in the brand and the brand should, I mean, this is at least my personal opinion, again, respective of what the brand stands for, provide to the consumer the entry point, which is best for that particular consumer. And, and again, for especially younger ones, the digital identity is just more important because you spend much of, you spend much more of your life digitally today. So I think it really depends on on the brand and on the consumer where they want to start. And then I would say it's a journey where the brand and their consumer wants to start. But I think given the what blockchain can bring to you, not having a blockchain or Web3 strategy is just 
you must have a strategy for that today. But I think you have to embrace it and and it doesn't mean you have to do it for all the products immediately. I think it's mm -hmm. really a journey and and thinking through. And also it comes back to this learning, you know, and I think this is really the beauty, which is, I think, quite unique about the Aura Blockchain Consortium and this collaboration also between brands, you know, also when we make mistakes. And we have, for instance, education seminars, which we provide if some um, if some of our member brands want that on certain um uh, for instance, on our business unit one, which is our SaaS, or on our business unit two, which is NFTs. And we provide this to our brands. And, and here, one aspect is, you know, we also share from some of the failures or things which didn't work, because especially here, you learn from that. And having this shared learning, you just move really fast. I mean, it's especially, I think, from from failures and, and having and having experienced um, uh, certain aspects, you know, what's the right tech, what's the best technology, how does it work best? I mean that really helps you know sometimes i can i can bring in a certain brand expert or i can i can share the learning you know what's the best way to tag or how how was this drop done best or how was that community best built i mean these are learnings which, which really provide you to for brands to move faster and this for instance what we add in these um in these seminars which we provide you have uh, mercedes-benz is your fifth founding member Yes. Um, who joined you earlier this year? Well, it's 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 more intuitive to have. I mean, we have we mentioned LVMH, uh, Cartier Richemont, Prada, OTB. Mercedes Benz is in the luxury car business. How do they use your technology to go in the digital journey? There are big things to come. It's really um, it's really impressive what we see, what uh, what they are building on in general, and and obviously what they are building on some of the licenses. So it's really impressive. I think um, I don't want to speak for Mercedes, so please ask that question to them. I can put you in touch with them. But what I can say in general, if if you look at uh, the launch uh, in the week of May 17, when we welcomed Mercedes Benz as the fifth founding member, they they showed a little bit how they perceive digital luxury. And actually on our LinkedIn and our website, we have an interview with Gordon Wagner of uh, Mercedes-Benz Group. And it's really interesting how they see uh, digital luxury going forward and how this is linked to the car. And again, I think it goes back to what I mentioned before about the digital identity of how important that is for us today because we live so much our life in the digital space. So this is one part. But when it comes back also to trust, and in essence, this is what blockchain gives you. It gives you trust. If that's our own private permission-based blockchain or if that's for an NFTs, what the blockchain gives you is trust and authenticity. And trust and authenticity, in I think, today is really part of what digital luxury is defined. As I mean, I think, I think trust and authenticity is really... Um, a core aspect, not just of a physical product, but also of a digital product. And this gives you the blockchain. And this is why I think blockchain is essential for digital luxury going forward. Cannot agree more, Daniela. Sustainability, that was now your, your, your second aspect you spoke about earlier, and we said we would get back to that. Of course, there's always the question about brands becoming more sustainable, sustainable, you know, more and more brands are reporting as well on their, on their greenhouse gas emissions and other aspects of sustainability they're working on. Blockchain has the reputation of being uh, of using a lot of energy. You mentioned that in a couple of years you want it to be carbon neutral. Can you give us a bit more uh, insight and color around your sustainability agenda and the, the consumption of um, of the blockchain? 
Yeah, Karin, this is such an important part. And, you know, um, Aura is a nonprofit, so we have a really small marketing budget. That means we do a lot of interviews and panels and the aspect of sustainability and blockchain literally comes in every interview and from every panel, if it's from a brand or actually from consumers. So this is a spot on question, especially with, um, you know, the energy crisis, uh, which, you know, is looming. By definition, if you step back, and this is really the founding members had this in the mind a few years ago, by using a private permission-based blockchain, uh, by using a consortium blockchain, we know we have only a few nodes and that's sufficient. Uh, you still provide this um, uh, by having a few nodes and by doing the validation together, you still provide the aspect of, of the blockchain confirmation. But we know where our nodes are, uh, where they are across Europe. And blockchain consortium by itself, from a consortium aspect, is more sustainable than public blockchains. Again, because we know where our nodes are and we have been, we need much fewer nodes. The second part of it, given that we know where our nodes are, we can define where we use our energy uh, sources. So actually, the Aura uh, private permission-based blockchain is um, running on Microsoft Azure. And uh, Microsoft Azure is actually carbon neutral since 2012. And we will be carbon positive in a few years from now. And, and we can track, you know, we have a dashboard, which we can literally look at every day and see our consumption. Great. Great to hear. Nobody has a crystal ball on how it's going to evolve, but we are conscious that there is a risk, obviously. And then, you know, maybe last question, um, when you mentioned the shared learning and you mentioned as well the webinars that you're doing to educate uh, maybe the, the, the consumers and the general public, can you give us a few words on, on, on this mission that you have as well? Sure. Right now, the webinars which we are doing are for our member brands. Uh, and these uh, these webinars are really tailored to what the brands requires. We have one for our business unit one, which is, you know, our private permission-based blockchain, which is our SaaS. So this is our software license here. And it's really, it starts on um, uh, how blockchain works. It starts also with the consumer journey. It's really bringing the teams on board, um, giving them use cases on actually what other brands have done. We do have... Um, very strict walls. So we have certain brands which allow us to share the use cases amongst other brands. So we, we only share, obviously, these use cases if we have permission from the member brand. We have also a few use cases we publish now on LinkedIn, for instance, or for instance, we publish case studies on our uh, our blockchain consortium website. And then for the second business unit, which is about all about NFTs. So here we have um three different uh, licenses. We have one which is all about gifting. So we explain how to gift an NFT, the purpose behind it, the consumer journey, what are the benefits. So this is our gifting NFT license. We have an NFT white label. So these are for bigger brands who want to build their own, if I may say, NFT e-commerce store, if you want, who have the money to develop their front end and to basically build their community on Discord and Twitter and so on. So this is most of the time for a larger brand. So this is our NFT white label solution. And um, uh, we have a few brands on that. And then we have a third solution, which is coming soon, which we will announce uh, uh, in a few months. So we basically do educational seminars on how do I open my wallet or what is an NFT? Uh, how do I build my NFT collection, the benefits? Um, how do I build my community? So basically we tailor these to the brand's needs and um, 
we've seen that um, that really that really helps uh, the luxury brands. Wow, a lot going on, and I think it's a well, it's just essential to understand and to learn. Um, Daniela, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Luxury on Air. I've really enjoyed the discussion. It has been wonderful exchanging. And I continue to say this is a very, very important topic for the industry. Thank you so much, Karin. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Luxury on Air with Karin Segeti and Felicitas Morhart. This podcast is provided to you by Deloitte Switzerland and the Swiss Center for Luxury Research. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can leave us a five-star review. If you're keen to stay up to date on what's trending in the luxury industry, don't forget to subscribe. As always, you can find more information about the current episode in the show notes. We wish you all the best. Until next time.